I can't believe we are already talking about back to school. In our area, we still have a good five weeks before we're back. And I usually stay in denial until like the last two weeks of August because we start back after Labor Day. But I know a lot of my listeners are not in the New York, New Jersey area, and you're already in back to school mode. So here we are. With the start of a new school year comes the start of new routines, getting back to the grind, more responsibilities for your kids, more activities, more coordination. If you struggle with changing your routines, if your school mornings are chaotic with trying to get the kids up, dressed, fed, packed, and out the door on time, and by the time you're sitting down to start your workday, you feel mentally exhausted, only to work a full day to dread the evening time because now you have to figure out what to cook for dinner and how to get your kids to different activities that all start at the same time, and then get them home, showered, and to bed at a decent time, all while hoping their homework's done, when you realize you took zero time for yourself and your needs. It doesn't have to be that way. If this sounds like you, I would love to help. Book a time management coaching session with me today. I'm offering a deep discount through Labor Day to help as many mamas as I can get their D's in order for a successful school year. You could check out the link in our show notes or go to momwifecareerlife.com backslash coaching for more details. If you're not sure if it's for you, you can also book a free discovery call and we can chat. So in today's episode, I'm also sharing my tips on how to set yourself and your kids up for a successful school year. Grab your pen and paper and let's jump in to today's episode of Mom Wife Career Life. Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work and time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode of Mom Wife Career Life. I want to throw out this huge disclaimer. I am not perfect, and my kids are not perfect. All of the tips I give you in my show are things that we do, but they don't always go to plan. I'm human. I make mistakes. I go off schedule, I get tired, I get moody. Life throws curveballs all of the time. My kids, my kids are not perfect either. They are normal kids. They are moody. They fight sometimes. They don't always do what I ask them to do. But that doesn't stop me from keeping to a routine and keeping to a schedule and setting expectations and implementing consequences. If you're setting your expectations and communicating them to your kids, then it makes it easier for you on most days, because they know what you expect of them. You give them the reminders, you redirect them, but eventually it will become routine and you'll have to do less reminding and give less direction. So with that, let's get started with my tips to get yourself and your kids set up for a successful school year. Number one, start your school routine a week or two before school starts. That means going to bed and getting up earlier. In the summer, we tend to be a little more lax around bedtimes and wake-up times. Our schedules are actually completely thrown off after the Colorado trip. The time difference was only two hours, but the kids are still feeling it. Michael used to be up and bouncing around the house by 6.30, and now I don't see him before 7.30. You don't want the first time you're waking your kids up 
six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning to be their first day of school. The first day of school is crazy enough for us mamas. You also need to adjust your morning routine and your nighttime routine. If you listen to episode four, you already know all about my morning routine. It changed a bit over the summer. I still get up at 4.30, but my kids aren't getting up as early. I don't have to make them lunches. I don't have to get anyone to school. Camp doesn't start until nine. So I've actually been a little spoiled and pretty much got an extra hour to work on all my side business stuff. With school starting, I really need to start accounting for the fact that I'm losing that hour of productivity in the morning. So I need to find it somewhere else. If you're starting your morning routine later, you'll need to start getting up a little earlier too so that you'll get back into your morning routine. If you need a refresher, go back and listen to episode four. The same goes with your nighttime routine. If you were staying up later because you were sleeping in, start getting your butt to bed earlier. You still need those seven hours of sleep to be giving your body the rest it needs in order to have the energy you need to rock your day. Number two, talk to your kids about the school year and set expectations. This conversation is different for all ages. For little ones, you want to talk to them about their teacher, if you're lucky enough to know who their teacher is at this point. We don't actually find out till the end of August. If there are any big changes for them this year, maybe a new school or a new entrance, different lunch periods. For middle schoolers, there's the changing of the classroom, getting used to carry around everything you need in your backpack because you don't have a desk. And high school, that was the biggest change for us because that's where the kids are pretty much the only ones communicating with teachers, not the parents. And there's a lot more added responsibility for your kids. So in your conversations with your kids, you should also explain to them exactly what you expect from them, the times you want them to get up for school, what help you need from them in the morning, what you expect for them for school lunches, how and when you want them to do their homework. If they have a lot of extracurricular activities, then it's really important to talk through how and when homework needs to be done. My kids know that if their extracurricular activities start affecting their grades, then the extracurricular activities go. School always comes first. As your kids get older, you should be giving them more responsibility with their schedules and holding them accountable for the choices that they're making. You need to be upfront with your expectations and completely upfront with whatever consequences you have. So my high schooler wants a ride to school in the morning. Her school is a mile-ish away from our house. It's totally walkable, but I don't mind spending the time with her in the morning. But there is a huge caveat for her. Her school day doesn't start till 8. I also want to be home to walk my middle schooler halfway to school, and she needs to be out of the door by 7.50. So in order for me to be able to do both, I need to be leaving my house to drive my high schooler by 7.20. She'll end up getting to school a half hour early, but if I left any later than that, one, I would hit a lot more traffic, and it would probably take me twice as long. And two, I wouldn't get home in time to walk my middle schooler. So I'm setting the expectation with my high schooler that if she wants a ride to school, she needs to be up and ready to walk out that door by 7.20. If she isn't, then the consequence is she has to walk to school or find another ride. Can my middle schooler walk to school by herself? Absolutely. We only live four blocks from the school, but it's important to me to have that one-on-one -on -one time with her. So I know she's going to school with the right mindset. And then I come home and walk my now rising fifth graders school. I'm hoping he still wants me to walk him this year, so fingers crossed. We don't actually walk him all the way to the door, just to the front of the school. He gives us a hug and he runs off, so I will take whatever time he will give me. 
due to my work schedule, I also have to set the expectation that all three of my kids will be walking home from school unless it's raining. We only live four blocks from school and only one of those streets doesn't have a crossing guard. So I'm totally comfortable with my fifth and my eighth grader walking home. If your kids will have aftercare or someone else will be picking them up, walk them through what that looks like. And if you expect them to do their homework in aftercare or with you when you get home. Bottom line, you really can't over communicate with your kids. The more clear you are with their schedule and how you want things to run, the easier you'll make life for yourself and for them. Number three, back to school shopping, both for supplies and clothes. I print out the supply list and I figure out what supplies I need to get. I have a stockpile of supplies that I buy when they're on sale, plus I reuse any of the supplies from the previous school year that were still in good condition. Once I figure out what supplies I have versus what I need, I bring the kids to Staples and I let them pick out the remainder of the supplies on their list. We also do a trip to the mall where I let them pick out a few things, starting with a new outfit for the first day of school and an outfit for picture day. Like I said, our picture day is usually the second week of school, so it always touches me off guard. Number four, create a home management center. If you don't already have one of these, then make it a priority to get one. This is a place where you're posting both your monthly and your weekly calendars, and if you meal plan, your meal plan for the week. I used to just keep my meal plan in my weekly calendar, which if you listen to one of my earlier episodes, my weekly planner is literally one of the kids' old notebooks that they only used a couple of pages in, and I totally repurposed it. But now I'm hanging our meal plan in our home management center. Having a monthly calendar allows the family to see the big picture of the month, important dates, things to look forward to, reminders on the things that you need to prep for. Weekly calendars keep everyone in check in your house. It allows us to see where everyone needs to be on a given day and at what time. The kids like it because they have a visual of all the extra things they are doing in the week. And it helps remind me when I need to coordinate carpooling or ask my mom to help be a chauffeur. Number five, meal planning. If you don't already meal plan, please start now and make it a habit. No one needs the added stress of trying to figure out what's for dinner. Or have your kids constantly asking you, what's for dinner? Have a plan and make your life easier. And like I said before, post your meal plan in your home management system. It helps remind you to take out whatever you might need to be defrosted. It's also great if you have a picky eater. I have a very picky mood eater, and instead of having a constant battle with her, she knows that she can look at what's for dinner on any given night, and if she chooses that she's not in the mood or doesn't like what's for dinner, she knows that she has to have something ready to eat for herself by the time we're sitting down to eat dinner as a family. Then it has to be something with a protein in it, because usually it's the protein that's the issue. Like this week, I made turkey meatballs. She decided she didn't want them, so she made herself a cheese omelet with a side of blackberries, which I was totally happy with. If It's a little harder if you have little ones because they might not be able to use the stove on their own, but there are healthy meals that they can make straight out of the fridge. One of my kids' go-to is Fage Greek yogurt. She puts a little chia seeds in, a teaspoon of raspberry jam, and either honey or maple syrup. Sometimes she'll switch out the jam and put granola in it. Totally healthy, totally easy. The next three are all about creating stations in your house. A homework station, a backpack station, and a lunch station. Having stations makes routines easier, and routines create healthy habits. So number six, create a homework station. Your homework station can be anywhere in your house, 
and you could have a different homework station per kid. If they have a desk in the room, that could be their homework station. For my older kids, they don't really need my help with their homework and some of the homework I can't even help them with if I tried, like honors biology. I'm fine with them doing their homework in their room. Sometimes Michael does it in his room. But if your kids need help with their homework, then it should be somewhere in your main living area that you're actually in. Once you pick a routine place for your kid's homework station, you'll want to create a homework caddy of some sort. This caddy has everything that they may need for their homework. Because the last thing you want or need is your kid sitting down to do their homework and then they're constantly asking you for something or getting up to look for something that they might need. So in this caddy, have pencils, sharpeners, at least three erasers, because that seems to be something that always disappears for us. I have four different color pens, a blue, a black, a red, and a green. That's because sometimes they might need to do editing work and show it in a different color. Then I have scissors, a glue stick, post-it notes, a ruler, a mini stapler, crayons, and colored pencils. I also have highlighters. It's basically a second set of their school supplies. My older kids carry all of their school supplies in their backpacks, but in elementary school, most of their supplies stay in their desk, so you're going to want to have another set at home. We have a three-tiered rolling cart that we use instead of a caddy, and it has all of those supplies on the top part. The middle tier has all the paper they might need, loose leaf paper, graph paper, construction paper, and computer paper. And then the bottom tier just has coloring books and folders that they keep their drawings in that they do on their free time. Number seven, the backpack station. Have a place where your kids know they have to keep their backpacks so they can pack them up when they're done with their homework and they can grab them easily in the morning. And it doesn't have to be any fancy place. Our station is actually the back of our chairs in our family room. They used to put them on our dining room chairs, but we have a table in our family room and I'm attempting to keep our dining room looking nice and tidy. So I've asked them to move it to the family room. We also have an outlet by that table. So our table is doubling as a Chromebook charging station. The fight over chargers in our house is a serious pain point. So now the Chromebook chargers stay in the family room. Everyone charges their Chromebooks overnight in that one area. And then they just have to grab them and put them in their backpacks that are already in that area in the morning. Number eight, a lunch station. Have a lunchbox routine with your kids that includes a lunchbox station. My kids know that when they get home from school, they have to empty their lunch boxes, put the ice pack in the freezer, throw out any garbage that they brought home or any food that they didn't finish, and wash their containers. It's not a perfect system. Some of the kids are better than others. A lot of the times, the containers aren't washed and just thrown in the sink, but something is better than nothing. My big pain point is those ice packs. If they are forgotten, then they don't have anything to keep their lunches cool, so I really try to stick to that one. Once their lunch boxes are empty, I ask that they put them on a bar in our dining room that is pretty much right next to my kitchen counter because we have an open floor plan. That way, when I pack their lunches in the morning, everything is where I need it to be. Part of your Sunday prep can be preparing snacks into portions, so you just either grab them or this is something your kids can totally do as part of their evening routine, pack all their snacks, so that way in the morning you just have to put whatever their main lunch is in their lunch box. I have friends whose kids are responsible for packing their entire lunch, and that is great too. I don't mind packing my kids' lunch in the morning because I also tape a little lunchbox joke in their lunchbox every day with an encouraging note or quote. There are a ton of free printable lunchbox jokes online if that's something you're interested in doing. I print out a bunch, cut them up, put them in an envelope that I stick in one of my kitchen cabinets along with a pen. So in the mornings, I just have to grab it, 
They all get the same joke. So I try to keep it as simple as possible. I've been doing this since Ashley started school. I used to actually draw a picture on her brown paper bag every day in kindergarten and in first grade. But when Kaylee started school, it started to get to be a little bit too much for me. So I switched to lunchbox notes. I just want them to have something that makes them smile and know that I love them while they're in school, especially when they're having a bad day or have a test. I put good luck and little notes that kind of go with whatever's going on that day. Number nine, communicate any special scheduling needs with your manager at work, especially if you work from home and need to be running out during work hours. I have plenty of working moms on my team, and they are very open with me with what they have to do to handle drop-off and pick-up schedules and any extracurricular activities. I do the same with my manager, and we all try our best not to schedule meetings during drop-off and pick-up times. You can even block off your work schedule for those times so there's less of a chance of someone scheduling a meeting when you're not at your desk. Number 10. Print out your school calendar and any extracurricular activity calendars that you have and get them into your family calendar. I print out all of our calendars and I actually have a large Pendaflex type folder that I keep the paper copies in. I also save the images on my phone under a photo album that I label school docs. I add any important dates on my paper calendar, and then I add them in our Google calendar and have them color-coded per kid. I know it sounds a little crazy, but totally works. Each of my kids has a different color, and I use the same color in my electronic calendar as I do in my paper calendar. One kid is purple, one kid is pink, and the other is green. Your school and clubs or teams may have an electronic calendar that you could subscribe to, and it will automatically put it on your electronic calendar, but with the school's calendar, it will put every activity that is going on in the school, even if it doesn't pertain to your kids. So it made my calendar way too messy. So now I subscribe, but I actually hide that calendar so it doesn't show up all the time. I can unhide it at any time I want to see it to see if anything's going on or anything changed. But for the majority of the time, I keep it hidden. I do this whole process around two weeks before school starts. So I have time to prepare for anything I may need to prep for like picture day, because that one creeps up on me every single year. And this year I have a fifth and eighth grader, so it's a bigger picture day for both of them. So those are my tips to help you get set up for a successful school year. To recap, number one, start your school routine a week or two before school starts. You don't want cranky kids or a cranky mommy on the first day of school. Number two, talk to your kids about the school year and set expectations and consequences. You can never over-communicate. Number three, back to school shopping. Get those school supplies and those outfits. And don't forget about picture day. Number four, create a home management center. Post your weekly and monthly calendars so everybody knows what's going on. Number five, meal plan. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and stop your kids from asking you what's for dinner. Number six, create a homework station. Create a distraction-free space with all of the supplies they need for their homework. Number seven, create a backpack station. Have a place where kids know they have to keep their backpacks so they can pack up when they are done with their homework and can grab them easily in the morning. Double bonus if it's next to a charging station. Number eight, create a lunch station. Have a lunchbox routine with your kids that includes a lunchbox station. Have your kids get involved with packing their lunches too. Number nine. Communicate any special scheduling needs with your manager at work, especially if you work from home and need to run out during the day. 
Lock your calendars if you have to. Number 10, print out the school calendar and any extracurricular activity calendars you have and get them into your family calendar. Color coding helps too. If you have any good tips you would like to share, I would love to hear them. Head on over to our free Facebook community, Mom Wife Career Life, and tell me all about it. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be forever grateful. You could take a minute, go over to iTunes, and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it on Instagram and tag me, and let them know that they are not alone and live in great balance in their life too. If there's a topic you would like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life. Thank you.